NBC's trial and error may just be America's new comedy obsession. And the critics can't get enough, calling trial and error outrageous, fun, and filled with belly laughs. When were you the night Margaret was murdered? I went to get gardening supplies. Fantastic. I'm sure they have security video. One shovel, one tarp, and let's throw in this ski mask. John Lithgow stars in Trial and Error. Next Tuesday, after the battle rounds on The Voice on NBC. Today on Criminal Minds, we talk about smashing, pulverizing, and breaking bones. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to After Buzz TV. We are here doing Criminal Minds Season 12, Episode 16, Assistance is Futile. I'm your host, Assist- Mr. Serafini. You can... Follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me as always. Hello, I'm Michelle Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. I just try to figure uh, out what Chris? assistance is futile means. <laughs> Maybe it could it's be. A play on words. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. We'll get to it. Uh, I'm Chris Howard. Reach me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. I do have one thing to tell you before you start. Yes. You know, you can actually break your shins and increase no. your height. Nope. Uh, Did you know they that? They do was, that in Russia. They do that, yeah, just so you know. Ugh, I just in case. don't want to do that. I'm not that desperate to be taller. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what lifts are for. Okay, <laughs> so real quick thoughts of this episode. Michelle, let's start with you. Oh, I cringed so much. I don't think I've ever cringed as much as this episode. There's mm-hmm. something about both. And they didn't even do the cracking that much. I think because they know how gross it really, really is to crack bones and have you hear it. So they just showed the aftermath, which still made me do that. Which, if you're only listening, it just is a really painful shudder that makes my neck collapse into my person. It's just like, ugh. Uh, Anyway. Chris, what'd you think? Were you as grossed out, Chris? Pass it all down. Yeah, I was cringing and I was... No, I wasn't. Um... I liked the episode. I thought it was really cool. I, I'm a big fan of Reed being in prison. I think that's so cool. I, that's playing out like I thought it would. Um, yeah. I know that just irks you guys, but I like it. Um, I think it adds more depth and to the to the show. And I liked the criminal. This was this was one of my uh, more preferred episodes. I really liked it. Yeah, I thought this was a great episode. Um, I agree with you, Michelle. Very cringeworthy, and I generally am a little bit more sensitized to all the crazy graphic violence that we see yeah. in the you show like now. You like it. You like it. I do. Community. I find it actually fascinating. Usually I'm just looking at it from a forensic perspective of this is okay, so this mm. is the crime scene, this is what they need to do, but then they show the broken fingers yeah. and the arms and the compound the fractures of it all. actually coming out of the skin. Like, do you like try it on? Do you go, like when you see that happening, does it make you think of your own fingers? or do you... It just, it makes me... <laughs> grossed out because I know it's so painful and bones are not supposed to snap, especially a femur. If they had showed a femur, I probably would have needed to take a minute <laughs> because that's like snapping a tree trunk. Um, but on the other hand, I used to do stage makeup, so I was thinking about how complicated and fascinating that probably was to do it from that perspective. Yeah, for that team, they had a that lot. That was of, interesting. Yeah, they had a lot of actually bloody. They had a lot bones of sticking out. And, they did. Yeah, there was a lot of bones crashed and crushed in this episode, um, for sure. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> let's start. Well, there was a criminal in it called the Bone Crusher. Yeah, the Bone Crusher. <laughs> our actual ones have been this episode. Um, well, we start with the case. It's in New York. It's the third victim in six weeks, so this has been going on for quite some time now. All women, equal opportunity, found in alleys, and they nicknamed the Bone Crusher. The media is loving it. The media is the one who usually creates the yep. nicknames. But the FBI actually use it 
to their advantage. What did you think of that? About them using? About them, like, using the media to actually, like, try to snuff him out. I thought it was great. I mean, there was all of this focus on him already just from the the knowledge of the crime scenes and just the idea of who this person is and what they're capable of. So when they figured out who it actually was, using the media to sniff him out and really make him retreat into a corner was a very smart move. Yeah. Chris, did you enjoy the media aspect of it? Um, you know, that... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I missed the media aspect of it. I saw that... Uh, I think I missed it. <laughs> well, was that it a on, big point? <laughs> they put it on the news. Oh, you know? oh okay. Like every, every time we saw the next victim, they're like... The bone crushers at it again. Really? Yeah. Um, and got this woman. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like you know, the, the they know better than we do. So it's like because there's times to do that and there's times to not do that at all. When it you know it could uh, go the opposite way and not serve, but uh, it looks like it it served in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting to watch because for the most part, the majority of time when we see media is involved, the FBI like already are so dismissive of them. They they always think media gets in the way and they ruin you know evidence and, and like they're they're hindering the case not helping right. it yeah and i think for this episode it was like one of the first you know like one of the first times in a long time that they actually used the media to their advantage yeah. i agree usually we when we see a scene of them interacting with the media it's them giving the profile or giving a briefing and they're in control of the situation mm-hmm. um and it's very brief yeah i thought it was interesting um but it helped them i like that mm. um so our first victim was Gigi Stevens. She was a 26 waitress, and she had compound fractures. She died from blood loss from the fractures. Ooh. And we found out in her system, um, she had alcohol and MDMA, a.k.a. ecstasy, for those who don't know. What what would your thoughts of now, knowing all these victims, they all have been women in their 20s, which is really scary for us. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. No, the, the, what I was trying to find out, because, like, where was the point where the drugs were being given to the women? I didn't get that. Did that come clear when the women would actually take the, ingest the drugs? I I was led to believe that he was... He ingested yeah, them. Yeah, he... Uh, well, he, what we find he out taking, later, yeah. he was taking MDMA also, but forcing it upon his victims. Forcing it upon yeah, them I during the time. consume... That. Got it. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't see that part, that consumption. Yeah, they didn't really. They didn't really go into that. No, we know that alcohol and MDMA were in all of their systems, but we don't know how he got them. Right. I think we're just left with the assumption that they They all willingly went with him. Mm. Well, somewhere. So at some point, at some point, he did it. I don't know. Yeah. That's weird, yeah. He was jumping on people out of the dark, though, too, with the hammer. Well, that was after he was on the TV. Oh, yeah. got it. So he was becoming more brazen in uh, the way that he was approaching. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Um, but we find out that the earlier victims of his, that he usually he abducted them and only kept them for about two days and then broke all their bones. That would be just a horrible way to go, wouldn't it? Oh, just and Starting with the fingers and the toes. And so he was really nothing. savoring it. That's, no. but only within two days. And Gigi Stevens, he kept for a week, right? Which changed his mo. Yeah, I, yeah. I could only imagine going slowly like that and being tortured. And when it showed the camera, showed him going down and stroking them and oh. moving his way down to their fingers or their toes. Creepy. Yep. Yeah. Well, also, it's when the pictures, and again, to your point, Michelle, when they actually show the pictures of all the fingers, like 
literally right. discombobulated and distorted from the normal form in which fingers should be in a hand. That was disturbing to it watch. It was. It reminded me for the briefest of moments bef- after <laughs> after the cringe and before it cut away um, of the episode. I know Matthew directed it, I believe, but it was the one with the inbreeding families and they had the Ooh. illegitimate son who lived out in the woods and his hands were actually modeled after some football players. I forget who. This is a terrible story now. Right. But Matthew <laughs> found this football player's hands who had had every finger in his hand broken, and he never had them reset, so they were all at wonky angles. Um, and that was the inspiration for the makeup in that episode, and I feel like it might have been the inspiration to an extent in this episode. Yeah, the finger breaks were weird because they went sideways rather than just down. They were like... Yeah, yeah they were Well, they were probably not. broken at different levels right. on each one. Yeah. They, you know, just looking at the pictures, you you know how painful that could have been and excruciating yeah. that was. Um, but yeah, we also find out with Gigi Stevens that he he held her for a week, broke all the fingers and toes first, and then moved on to the bigger compound fractures such as the femur yeah. and the femoral arteries. So he, he bro- went from the little bones to the big bones. Yep. Torture. Sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you look offended. <laughs> yeah, like, no. She's so gross. Yeah. You're just into so. it. Fascinating. <laughs> so, so gross. I knew, this is a side story, um, there was a figure skater at my figure skating camp class area growing up who broke her femur on the ice, and because it was a nice arena, the crack echoed. Oh. It's so terrifying. Okay, now i got to figure that the femur is where? The femur is the, femur the big is bone. The, is the, the big thigh. bone. The big bone connected to the... The thigh. It's the thigh, the thigh bone. Thigh bone. That okay. Bone. Femur. So it's a big, oh, that would hurt like hell, wouldn't it? It is the hardest yes. bone to break in is the it? body. In yes. the body? Yes. Yes. Oh, you know this stuff, do you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think most people who take biology should know this. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, that was the first victim, and then it just gets worse from here. Um, Serena Adams, who's also 26, which I thought it was interesting that, like, uh, well, actually, she was 24. The first victim and the last victim were 26. Mm-hmm. The second victim um serena adams was 24 she was in the abandoned apartment of our unsub which we'll get to in a second um but her fingers were broken alicia was found alive yeah right um thankfully it's about to get worse (laughs) yeah but she she was at a nightclub and from this is this is where they're figuring out that he's patrolling pretty much nightclubs at night yeah and that's where he's picking all these victims hmm Still disturbing, especially you can tell she was in pain and she was still alive during it. Right, yeah. and we yeah. never we never quite got why he was so disturbed. Right, we knew he was awkward and shy, and we knew that there was a significant emotional event early on. We discovered. Uh, let's, that get into, yeah, yeah. let's get into yeah. Let's get into the unsub, Danny Allen White. And we actually learned more about Danny from his mother, surprisingly, right. so mm-hmm. not through Danny. But his his mother, Miss White, actually goes up to the FBI and be like, hey, I think my son is the bone crusher. Mm. Um, That's got to be Based such on a his tough, journal. Oh, such it's got to be tough, thing. but at the same time, do you think he'd even hesitate? Oh, no, but that doesn't, yeah. hesitate. That, that doesn't make it any uh, I mean, if you found, you found all that crap, wouldn't you just go straight to them? I mean, it's like, oh, you're yeah. my son, but, uh, you know, you're on your own on this. This is... I think it'd be a terrible position to be in when you're the mother of as such a disturbed. Be terrible, being. but there couldn't even be a second thought about it. You'd have to. You'd have to go turn him in right away. You, I don't know. Well, you, think? Well, you read you things about the mother's bond with their children, like. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Mm. None of us can speak to that. I know. I mean, I'm not a parent. Um, I I thought it was interesting because we find out in Danny's journal, he he would write all all these stories of, you know, him fantasizing about crushing, smashing, pulverizing, and breaking (laughs) women's bones. Disturbing. And this has been going on for years. For years. For years. For years. What did, <laughs> what did you think of the um, the flashback that we learned more about Danny when Danny was a kid? He was only thirteen, and we saw that gruesome flashback of his mother falling off the ladders and breaking her arm. I loved that it was black and white, and just the red of the blood and the broken bone. I thought that was artistically mm. interesting, along with the angles of the camera. Mm. That little kid was creepy. Yeah, he was a creepy little actor. He did good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a little over the top thinking that he would just sit there laughing while she fell, but I guess, you know, I guess that was the whole point. The guy was, the kid was crazy. And, yeah. you know, I'm glad they asked the question, is it possibly push the ladder? Uh, yeah, because then it makes, yeah, it makes it makes sense. sense. Yeah. 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 Well, it starts when you're younger, too. Right. You know? yeah. And since this has been a fascination for this kid for 10 years, it started when he was 13. That, like, right. He saw a bone actually protrude from his own mother's arm. That was nasty to look at. Now, do we know... And the sound effect. That, that he terrible. made happen. Do we yeah. know at what age he started getting the ecstasy? Was it that early? 21. Oh, so 21. it wasn't... Okay. wasn't at 13 yeah. then. It wasn't... Uh, she said 21. No. Yeah, and yeah. We, we learned that Danny's... In, he's not the most sociable guy. He wasn't quite the talker. He could never really talk to women properly. But his mother... What did, we, what did you think of finding out about the fact that his mother gave him ecstasy to see if it would change his personality and make him more social. I mean, there are less crazy things people have done based on studies they've read. If there were legitimate-looking studies that made it seem like ecstasy would actually help. There were legit studies where they were mm. they were using it to re- repair relationships that were broken relationships. Yeah. So there's a, there are legit research there is legit research rather for it. I think it's a little strange for the mother to make the leap over to that. I mean uh, and and provide it for her son like that. So I think that was a little strange, but is there legit research? Yeah. 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 I I mean I didn't really see that coming because she seemed like such a nice person with a strong head on her shoulders like she wouldn't go against you know. I saw it coming when she flinched when he mentioned the ecstasy and it would, he, when he asked it, would, would the son do this and she was like and she she, she gave a weird reaction mm-hmm. my thought was that she was doing the ecstasy and somehow the son got a hold of it or uh. he uh, held that against her or something uh, so it was it was a right angle turn for me to see that it was actually him yeah, you're right. That's a good observation because, you know, when Alves asked her in that interrogation, is he on drugs? And she, and she seemed a little she taken cringed, back. Kind of. mm-hmm. She cringed, kind of. Yeah, yeah. She was slightly offended. Be like, no, it's just a precautionary standard question that we all ask. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was something Didn't weird. really pick that up. Yeah, it was an out-of-place response, which, the, which in lie detection, that's what they'll typically look for. Is there anything that seems out of place? And if there is, then there's something more to be discovered. So I was, I was actually surprised that Alves didn't question about that when that happened. He kind of just let it go and then came back to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was just really sad that, um, that I mean, you don't want to like completely blame the mother, but like she helped start her son to be on such a dark path. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, like it's a big leap to go from ecstasy use to murder. Um, that, that's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it, you know, so it's like, did she do something wrong? Yeah. Um, was it uh, turning her son into a murderer? I don't think so. Um, 
But uh, so I, I wouldn't look at it and say, boy, she was complicit in the murder of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, she she did some bad parenting and, and screwed up and uh, did something that was illegal as well. But complicit in murder, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it was interesting Like when they were explaining the whole use of the MDMA and all this. It, it seemed kind of contradictory, but like it still somehow made sense, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, when they talked about when he first used MDMA, that it made him more social. It lowered his inhibitions. He could talk you know, normally to women, to people. He opened up. And then the fact that when we find out about that party a year ago and he was on it, talked to a woman she died and it like just sparked this sexual situation it imprinted it in his nervous yeah. system mm-hmm. more it was more highly aroused yeah he, he uh, got off on it yeah yeah but yeah. to the point where he kept using mdma just so he could like feel that again for every victim right yeah. even though um even though they have done research with it like that to try to improve relationships and stuff it you know in my experience that drug experience is not going to translate into that person's real life so it's it's a i think it's a it's a miss move it's not a smart move it's not a uh, a productive move on the part of his uh, mother but what was interesting was that it did enhance the experience so much that it became anchored in his nervous system so he had to go chasing after that experience more mm-hmm. and more that's that's that interesting rush again. Yeah. yeah yeah wanting more of it yeah but also the contradictory thing is MDMA is actually, it actually causes impotence. So he, he wants to get off on it, but he physically can't. And therefore, you know, he pretty much transferred his aggression into killing. Slowly breaking right. every single bone. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. I can't say fascinating even more, but disturbing <laughs> like what drugs can do to you. And that's just ecstasy. Yep. Let alone all the other harder drugs that are out there um interesting though i and i i just felt bad for the mother when she realized like her mistake at least she knew what she would she what she did was wrong yeah so yeah um but i did like uh, what did you think about like the whole takedown at the end well we we see lisa jackson was the girl in the bar with her friend oh yeah that's when he appeared on the t- television. He and we saw him take that MDMA. Yeah, we did before he was going to attack. Yeah, um, and we find out that it's all blitz attacks as well, because they're like, how does he ruse these women? And then we find out right. he was taking MDA, but this one was a blitz attack. It was. Mm. He panicked, but he still had the urge. Yeah, he needed to fulfill it. So we had Lisa Jackson, and again, this is when the FBI are closing in on him, so his time table is even shorter than usually mm. two days. Um, but what did you think of that, not really a takedown, but his ending, the unsub? It made me kind of sad, just because of the other storyline that's going on at the moment, where he was like, I can't go to prison, I won't survive there. Oh, that's yeah. fat. I it didn't takes, even put it that together. It takes on a whole new meaning when someone on the team is in prison. Because yeah. it's not the first time it's been said in an episode where it's death by cop or suicide by cop. It's yeah, just it's like, ugh. Well, here's this, this criminal who's out killing people and a bad guy, we'll call him a bad guy, that says, I won't survive there, I can't go to prison. But you got a good guy that's in prison having to survive through all that. That is interesting, those clashes, those... Uh, interwoven, parallel yeah, parallel storylines. Yeah. yeah, that's neat. Um, I saw it coming. I saw that he was going to jump out the building. I think is the moment that they walked up and pulled the guns. I'm like, this guy, 
is not going to go. He's going over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense the way that he he decided to end his life, um, jumping off or like falling off the building, you know, and breaking all his bones, literally breaking everything. Oh, see, I didn't even pick that up. You guys are it's like that. That was his biggest rush. Right. He saw someone fall off the building. He fell down, went smushed. Yeah, um, pretty yeah. much. I didn't pick that up. They did not put the pieces back together. Did, yeah. And I didn't put the pieces together <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> He's, he is no Humpty Dumpty. Uh, um, I. I'm actually kind of glad that's how it ended because I'm not sure like what else they could have done for this character. Except yeah. put him in prison with Reed and have him break Reed's bones or try? No, no. Okay, all right, all right. I just threw it out there. <laughs> I think that, like this unsub it was all all self infliction. Yeah. yeah, really. And he, I mean, he did inflict pain on others, but mostly yeah inflicted pain on himself and it, I mean I thought it was a powerful moment where he had that clarity and you could tell there was empathy within him to say tell my mom I'm sorry yeah because I think there wasn't like a true mother's son relationship like there the was. mother really did love the son yeah. so much that she gave him drugs just to talk to him you know just to build a relationship and then it got to be not enough and he went out to get more and he started channeling his social skills into something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but remember, the, the you know the kid threw her off the ladder before he had ever done the drugs. So I don't think we could say that it was the drugs that prompted it. I think it, the kid was screwed up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, um, they heightened things and and probably anchored it in more and made it weirder. Yeah. yeah. And I've been talking all season like how they're because we've watched so many episodes now in Criminal Minds. They usually have the set format. And again, like the introduction of this particular case was done differently. It was. I uh, liked that. It, it was done through JJ and in the prison, no less. Like some things of the case have already happened. And she was like just catching us up to where they were. Like it right. didn't yeah. be like two weeks ago, this happened, this happened. We weren't in the actual BAU room around the round table. We were already in the middle of the action. I thought the yeah. acting was really good in this. AJ did fantastic. Uh, the, oh, just yeah. in the connection, and you could see her eyes and the compassion, and the yeah, she just really she she really pulled it off well in the prison scenes. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. So Reed's still in prison, much to our <laughs> dislike. Our but dislike. Chris likes Chris it. Chris likes it. Well, what is it about? I just think it adds depth so to the show. Much. I think it adds. Uh, uh, another component. It's, it's. I mean, it's like Silence of the Lambs, where Clarice is going to talk to the the killer who's mm-hmm. helping her to solve the crimes. I think having Reed be in there, it just adds uh, a richness and an emotional texture to the show. Yeah, I agree with emotional texture. I mean, I don't like the fact that he's in prison for something he's obviously probably ninety nine percent innocent for. Yep. But I do like the fact that this is bringing out his emotional side, his vulnerable side, mm-hmm. and also just his acting side. Yeah. You know, he he's getting into deep, yeah. dark places where all you can do is feel for him and his facial expressions. He's actually a great actor. He's really good. He's, yeah, he is really good. That's, that showed up as well. What I'm interested in is how his character development uh, progresses being in prison. It's like, you know, he's like going to become Batman or something. You know, it's like yeah, he's going through all these trials and tribulations. And here he was such a naive guy going in. Well, who's he going to be when he gets out is what I wonder. Yeah, how much is he going to change? When mm-hmm. he yeah. Gets out? I mean, and it could add some really powerful, uh, you know, impact to his character, to who he really becomes. If his character changes because of it, I think it'd be phenomenal. 
Like, will he be a hardened character? Right, like a little will harder. Will he be as tougher, soft as we right. know him to be? Yeah. Be neat if he changed. It would be. It'd be nice. But like would we like it? Next time he arrests someone and realizes they're going to prison and he's a conflicted character, mm. how right. will Reed respond? What if he beats the crap out of him and is just about to take it a little bit too far and he remembers, I'm Spencer Reed, I can't do this. Uh, right. No? Okay. Well, we did see some conflicts within Reed this episode. I mean, he still has that FBI instinct for him to... Like, Go tell the authorities. Something's happening, or, yeah. let's do something about mm-hmm. it, this guy person's about to be hurt I need to save them but it becomes clear that's not going to work no but he whispered something to the guards do you well, what do you think that was him like ratting out the, the guys who were what it seemed beating to be. up his inmate friend that is what it seemed to be okay we don't know but that's what it seemed to I, be right? that's what it seemed to be which makes me think it might not have been that mm. <laughs> or it could have been something else he yeah. was ratting them out but what for what was it yes yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Good talk. I'm asking you. Um, Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm afraid for him, though, because like even when we see JJ, as beautiful a woman as she is, visiting him in prison, the other guys see that and they're like, oh, who's your friend? Yeah. yeah. That's already like victim. Right. Duh, like something to give him a hard time about. Yep. Yep. Um, or to threaten her yeah. or to whatever it is, you know? Um, and I told you I found that article. I should pull it up when you do your news and stuff and your okay. gossip. Yeah, because, do it. Yeah, I think it was. It's either the producers or the writers that were saying that uh, they were gonna. It was gonna just. We haven't seen the we- the worst of what's gonna happen to Reed. Oh, uh, don't say that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, we saw the kind of the worst. We saw some bad stuff. And when like the the three guys jump him. Yeah. And and what did they say? That's for like telling on us or something like that, or like hey snitch. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then they commented on JJ, and they said you had that something like you had that come visit you and you didn't tap that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tap that? Is that what they said? Something very close to that. Yeah. Something Jeez. about like, something about not getting some. Something derogatory towards JJ. Yep. Um, what did you think of his FBI friend saying, we're all psychopaths in here, we're, we're either predator or prey, which one are you? Makes sense. I think it's the harsh truth of the U.S. prison system. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you have it? Do I have it? Do you yeah. want to hear it? Uh, yes, yeah. sure. Okay, this is uh, Criminal Minds EP, so the executive producer. For Reed, the worst is yet to come, so hang on tight. This is from TVLine.com. Says thanks to an assist from an, un- an unexpected ally, Criminal Minds Reed dodged what was sure to be a brutal prison initiation shortly into his stint for the alleged murder of a doctor in Mexico. But the brilliant BAU agent isn't out of the woods yet by any stretch. When asked if viewers have witnessed the worst that is yet to come for imprisoned Reed, played by Matthew Gray Gubler, um, showrunner Erica Messer answered, Erica, your friend, Erica. Um, answered <laughs> um, quietly and almost apologetically, No, you haven't. You have not. There are a lot of internal and external factors that have yet to come into the storyline, she added, so hang on tight. Um, Though the murder rap for Reed's most protective fans virtually cowering behind their sofas with every development, that's you too, um, (laughs) Messer relishes the opportunity to explore such an ongoing storyline and with a fan favorite. It's such a fun thing for us to do on the show because, as you know, we've never done anything this big uh, of an arc for this long. She says, and to take our most vulnerable hero and put him in the last place you'd want him to be has, I thought, has, I think, got people talking, which is great. We want that. 
Some longtime fans, however, are also talking about a downwards rating trend for CBS drama, which on February 8th briefly visited a series low in the demo, blah, 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 blah. Have the perils of Spencer Reed perhaps made viewers too anxious? So they're asking if that was re- uh, the result of the mm. drop in ratings. Um, they said, uh, could the ongoing absence of Hotch, played by terminated original cast member Thomas Gibson, be a factor? Or maybe it's some of a mix of above. Uh, and uh, it says, I think it's a combination of factors across the board for every show that's down, Messer says. Uh, but they they believe that, uh, I'm going to just summarize the end here. Uh, this comes from Messer, so I'll read what she says. I think the trend was happening. That's the downward trend in ratings. Mm. Before the read arc even got kicked off. So I don't think it has anything to do with that, Messer says. Standing by the soft-spoken genius pris- genius's prison ordeal. In fact... The hope was that people will have to tune in because it's something serialized and it's with one of the fan favorites. So if anything, we're certainly hoping this sort of puts that decline to rest and gets people back watching. So it's going to go for a while. Oh, my goodness. And that was TV... TV line, TV line.com. TV line, yeah. Thank you, TV line. Thank you. Thank so you. this this arc is going to probably go to the end of the season. Then, I think so. Oh, do we have the patience for that? Though I do. we have to. May tenth. May tenth is the end date. Oh my goodness, that's a whole another month and a half in real time. <laughs> in real in people time. time. In like, dog time, that's like, uh, <laughs> like even longer. So long. yeah. um, well, that's interesting. Uh, thank yeah. you for that. Uh, no I, I just want read out as soon as possible. Because we also find out from his tax screen, his full panel tax screen, that he was negative for scopolamine. Oh, that broke my heart. Oh, it was terrible. That's the one thing that they were looking for that could clear his name. And, and it wasn't, wasn't there. there. And could J- be something different. JJ tried to make him feel better, saying that it probably metabolized in his system by the time that they did the drug test. Doesn't seem like it's true, does it? I think that's yeah. true. Yeah. I think that was the comforting lie that you tell a friend who's in deep stuff. I almost it's- swore. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you listen to her <laughs> mouth today. You could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting because maybe when JJ said that he might have metabolized it, that might be true because we know that drug, uh, he used to have a drug abuse. That problem. is true. Oh, he did? So he, he has did. built tolerance. Yeah. So maybe his body did tolerate scopolamine if it was in his system faster That's than a most normal true. human being would. Mm, I don't know if that would uh, one drug abuse would would translate to another necessarily. What um, what kind of drugs was he doing? He was Dilaudid. Dilaudid. He was on Dilaudid. What is that? Um, they use it for mental. Oh, illness like yeah. uh, like a psychotropic or something. Yeah, um, it's used in dissociative. Got it. Or um, treatments for patients. Oh like yeah, that. so that was part yeah, of his yeah. profile. Was he had dissociative? Uh, that no, was that was he Tobias Hankel. He was okay. kidnapped by an unsub. Oh, got it. Got yeah, it, got it. Tobias Hankel had DIG, and that was what he was on. Yep. And Spencer's Reed been through got a lot from him. Mm. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, I'd like to. Oh, it's it's really scary because we haven't really seen exactly the full clear details of what happened in the desert yeah. and what all went down. So I want to say that like there's maybe that there'll be early predictions. But um, if that truck doesn't come back into place, I'd interrupt. I will be so upset. I know. I hope we just see like a clear, full scene of what exactly went down Mm. in the desert. Yeah. Not like some blurred vision of someone high and drugged and like from that perspective, from an actual clear perspective of what happened. Mm -hmm. What if we found out Reed was lying? I don't think he'd be lying. I know, but. To be in prison for this long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make sense, no. especially mm-hmm. not for his character. That's so against his character. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
And as he, if he was lying, he would just take a guilty plea and uh, do the two to five years right away and be like, all right, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> my bad, I'm lying. <laughs> I did love... Um, I didn't do it, but I'll take it. Uh, yeah. Not I, him. No. No. That's not him. Um, I did love the moment when JJ was trying to comfort him with the drawing of from Henry. Oh, that was so precious. Henry's her son, I take it? Yeah, yeah. Henry's okay. her son. Well, also, um, Reed's actually pretty close to Henry. Being like his godfather, his godfather and okay, all. Yeah. yeah. It was really sad, though. That that was, like, oh. the moment he was about to cry. Yep. Good emotion. Um, and so yeah. all of us were as well. Um, really sad moment. I wasn't going to cry. What did you just say? <laughs> you keep that stuff to yourself. All of us, majority of us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but <laughs> it, it was to the point where JJ was like, hey, we're going to clear you, I promise. Something, they're going to do something. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. If- well, even her interaction with Penelope where she was about to cry, and she was like, we have to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. So they're going to figure something out, I think, before the season finale and in terms of getting him at least under house arrest or out of that general population. Yeah. They will work their magic. Or move him to a different location in the prison yeah. so he's not beat up by these three guys. Wouldn't you, like, if you were in prison like that, I know everybody talks about how horrible solitude is, but wouldn't you want to be in solitary confinement? Like, I think I would want to be. I don't know. Why don't you go in there and tell us? Yeah. Okay. You let us us know how that goes. No. I I think that's like, it's, solitary is so detrimental to the the mental mind state. I get it, but it would be the hell to be amongst the prison population, wouldn't it? I don't know. Not, I don't, I don't know too much about solitary confinement. Like everything I know about it is based off of other prison shows where Orange is the New Black, you see how deteriorated everyone who goes down mm-hmm. yeah. to lockup is. Yeah. Um, there's an episode of Law & Order uh, where Stabler wants to know if it actually does affect the psyche. So he goes in for a weekend and he was irate when he got out and he was like, why did you lock me up for a week? Why did you forget about me? And they were like, no, it was it was 48 hours, just like you asked. Like That's all hmm. it was. And he thought he lost track of time because in solitary, it's just a box. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no window. There's no sense. But people of time. go to like right. a Vipassana meditation ten day retreat where they don't talk or they don't do anything. Right, and, and also fine. The, the the Stanfield yeah. experiment, prison experiment, when the guards put the prisoners in a box just for a few hours and they were already losing themselves. Yeah. Well, because you're in a box and someone is still being. Right. Really terrible was, to you, and, and you don't know when you're yeah. going to come out. Yeah. It could be those types of. You're not types in control of, of your life when you're shoved yeah. in a box. Yeah. The the Stanfield experiment, like they they put Ugh. prisoners in a box for literally like less than. 12, it was like um, less than a full day. See, I wonder what they knew because I think and that they would were make, already losing them. I think that would make a huge difference if you went in with no idea when you were going to come out, if they were going to release you ever. That would drive you insane, I would and think. And that's solitary yeah. confinement in prison. Yeah, well, I mean, but they said, you know what, you're going in here for two days. Okay, put me in for two days. But they don't have a way to track time. It's just the word of the guard, and if right, the guard but changes if they changes their mind. Well, yeah, but if they gave you the, the expectation that in two days you were getting out, I would think it would be infinitely easier to handle than no clue what was happening. You're just in I don't a box know. We're not in that situation too, so yeah. we really don't. Yeah. Um, we haven't been in those shoes. I just hope Reed doesn't go to solitary confinement yeah. because you Although usually go he, there. But when you don't you, get like, the crap beat out of you. He can solitary. reread every book in his mind. Yeah, like he, he can just he go he through really all the books he's ever read himself. ever yeah. <laughs> and just read them again. He really could. I don't know, but I hope we don't go down that path because these guys keep beating him up. I know it's not going to happen, but I I kind of hope like a Shawshank style. 
uh, situation happens. Where, like, like, he he's, outsmarts them. He's rough right now. And then it, he becomes loved, and he's helping them mm. with their studies. Oh, geez, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and he tunnels Helping out. them with their studies. And their taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ray could probably do that. He could. <laughs> it's not nice. going to happen, but it would be a really nice twist. Like, yeah. he does nice. really well in prison. That could mess him up, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's the path we're going down for his character. But it kind of explains the episode title, Assistance is Futile. There's literally like no help to anything. Oh, that's the episode title. I thought yeah. you just made that up at the beginning of the show. No, that's I was like, the name of the episode. The the episode. episode. Assistance is Futile. All right. Like literally you can't help because yeah. it won't. Okay. Because it literally won't help. Um, anything else about this episode <laughs> before we get into a little bit of news? Nope. Time nope. for news. Nope. All right. Time for news. After Buzz. Did you just close your fist and it made the music go on? I was like, I knew an explosion (laughs) was coming. It was imminent. All right, so fans of Criminal Minds got some good news today. Yeah, we did. Shamor Moore is returning Criminal Minds for this season finale, season 12 finale. We're very, very excited that airs on May 10th. He's reprising his role as Derek, and um, yeah, he'll, he'll bring the BAU a lead in the case against Sarah Keller, an escaped convict convict, Mr. Scratch himself, wow. who has reached you it comes up havoc now. on all right. team all season. So yeah, I think that went into a prediction that like Mr. Scratch is going to be a big enemy throughout this whole season, and it looks like it's going down in the season finale. Going yep. down. And of course, to take him down, we have to we have to get Morgan back. And the troops. We do. Yeah. Very, very exciting. So that's it for news. I do have a little bit of profile. Yeah. Bringing that back. Profile. Yeah. Um, fun things about this episode that you guys might not know. In order to add some of the punch and sound effects of the bones, they had a bunch of Foley artists um, to refine the audio for all these scenes. So how they do scenes. Does it say? Uh, no, they did um, footsteps, movement of fabric, and horrific snaps. Horrific snaps. Yeah, <laughs> literally horrific snaps during the post production. I too. imagine like broomsticks, branches, yeah. or broom, yeah, snaps of all different yep. types. To, to, oh, that's that's yeah. great. So just think bone snapping. It was a bunch of foley artists that actually did the work for this. Episode. That's pretty amazing how they do that. How they, they throw in the sounds those. and throw Love in it. all the effects. That's and a stuff. dream it's, job of mine. Yeah, there and we saw the wall with all of the crazy pictures and stuff yeah. from the crazy unsub. Um, but the Criminal Minds Art Department provided all the painstakingly detailed work for all those pictures and put them together and compiled it for the unsubs collage and chock full. So they, like, literally, they had all these bone-crushing pictures. Uh, and they that's cool. Together. Thank you, Art Department. I also want to give a shout-out to the Art Department for those journals. Can you imagine having to Ooh. write that kind of stuff <laughs> in <laughs> enough pages that get in the scene and then just yeah. filling the rest of the journal with whatever? Yeah, so if you're having nightmares because of those pictures you just witnessed, you can blame the art department. Thank the art department. Um, yeah, and the to in order to make the episode's first prison scene in this show um, as realistic as possible, the crew of Criminal Minds actually created a full functioning cell block on set. Wow. Oh, cool. New. That is cool. Yeah, so when you see the cell blocks opening, yeah, they actually built that That's there. just for the show. That's cool. Wow. Crazy. 
Um, and then also during the episode, Miranda was admitted admitted to Agent Alves that she gave her son the MDMA um, to curb his violent behavior. While it is an illegal substance now in 2017, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration banned the drug back in 1985, and it was used pres- to prescribe by many doctors as psychotherapeutic tool back in the day. Yeah. So it makes well. yeah, so it makes me think that maybe she had it even earlier than the time she was giving it to her son. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, interesting, fun facts for criminal minds for all of you who may not know. Thanks so, so Profile. All right. <laughs> um, do you want to do predictions? Sure. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Shh. See, did you just do that with your hands? <laughs> yeah, I did. So, I... this means news, this means predictions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, you think he's going to be, Reed's going to be in prison for I the think rest of the Reed's going to be in prison for the rest of the season. Personally, I'd love to see them leave him in for another season and uh, develop the character. Because I, th- I think what's going to happen, here's my prediction, is he's going to help to solve murders from in prison. Okay. And crime from mm-hmm. in prison. We're going to begin to see that where he's able to participate in it. And I think that would be cool. Okay. Michelle? Interesting. I... I don't know how to feel about that. It's been a while since they've done a cliffhanger season finale. Um, yeah. I think the last time was To Hell and Back. Mm-hmm. Where it was To Hell and then it was a break. And it was season four. <laughs> and then we're back. <laughs> and, and then, then it back. was and back. And then you got the most traumatic ending to that to story To a ever. season. So yeah. it would be interesting if they did leave it on a cliffhanger. I do think they're going to wrap some of it up nicely. If that means that Reed gets out, or if that means Mr. Scratch gets apprehended again and locked away for life, I don't necessarily know that it's going to be both. Uh, or, or, okay, okay. <laughs> I think this is coming to me. What if Mr. Scratch is already in prison? They're manipulating things with Reed. Like, because we saw when Reed was admitted to prison, things were already changing for him. It's like, no, you're not going to this location. You're being moved to another location. What if, because we don't know the locations and the whereabouts of Mr. Scratch, what if he somehow worked his way into the prison where Reed is and he's been just playing Reed all along? Do we know what he looks like? We saw, like, flashbacks during the episode when he was attacking the victims and stuff. He's a white guy? Yes, Yes. he's Caucasian. Yeah, sorry. Um, he, he likes to he <laughs> likes to um, <laughs> drug his victims, but I mean, Mr. Scratch is smart enough. We, the first time we saw him, he was in prison, and I think it would just be poetic and make the whole story come full circle if Mr. Scratch ended. Oh, like, be the fascinating, whole wouldn't it? Takedown would be in prison, so it makes me think that maybe Mr. Scratch worked himself back into prison just so he that can keep eyes and tabs hmm. on Reed. Hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Hmm. We will, we'll see, and when Morgan comes back and have more information on Scratch, we I shall see. I love that he's coming back. <laughs> All right, great episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to us every week. Where can we keep following you? Follow me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Keep rating, keep commenting, keep subscribing. We love this show and more to come. Shamar Moore is coming back to the show, so we're really excited for that. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.